Welcome to Maiden Speech. I'm your host, Monica Ferguson, self-worth and mindset coach and portrait photographer from New Zealand. And you are in the right place to get uplifted, empowered and inspired. I'm so lucky to have amazing guests come on and share their wisdom about all things related to personal development and being the best version of ourselves. I'm really passionate about reminding people that they are good enough and to have honest and vulnerable conversations where we connect on a real level and have lots of laughs. You can find me on Facebook at, at Monica Ferguson Coaching, where you can join my group for extra inspiration. And I'm also on Instagram at Mon 3.0. Thanks so much for being here and please reach out and connect. I would love to hear from you. Let's get into it. Hey, hey friends, Monica Ferguson here and welcome back to my latest episode of Maiden Speech. Now today I have Michelle Daly back with me, who's the owner of Ignite Group. She's a professional coach and trainer and she specializes in working with new and middle managers to develop and build their leadership skills. But really, she's all about resilience. And this woman is so awesome. Last time she was here, we talked about anxiety. And we talk about real stuff. She absolutely shares her own story, totally leads from the heart. I love her so much. I could chat to this lady for hours. This podcast is so awesome, you guys. Enjoy. Let's just crack into it. That's how we roll. welcome back michelle thanks monica great to be back it's been a minute as well it's been a minute but i'm so glad you're back i'm so glad and just to be clear to all of our listeners um we have actually set a time frame on this because otherwise we know it will happen (laughs) i know we're shocking inevitably somebody stop us shocking or (laughs) I don't know, just intelligent, amazing humans, something like that. (laughs) Let's go with that. Channeling so so much wisdom. uh, Exactly. It just overflows, just overflows. Um, Now, this is so funny. So I've written down on my page today because we've talked about today is all around fear and courage, which I love. Well, actually, I'm going to say courage and fear because I've been talking about courage everywhere I go. And I feel like this is such an important thing to actually discuss the fear because it stops people right? like it absolutely will stop people and we don't often seem to have these conversations and this is where I get into my rants around like we only show the end result quite often we don't actually discuss the resistance that we hit as we're moving into new levels and all that sort of stuff so basically you're just here to solve everyone's problems for them awesome (laughs) (laughs) sweet (laughs) yes yeah well you know when I always really like that um, quote from Nelson Mandela about this, right? Um, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Yeah, I love it. Because really you can't have courage without fear. Because if there isn't fear, then you just feel confident or at ease with what you're doing. You don't need courage. Yeah. 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 So whenever we feel courageous, there's fear that's been um, been there or attached to it. Yeah. Which I think is so important as well, because also if we're not feeling fear, then it's because we're not moving. It's because we're yeah. stagnant. And mm. because only epic people listen to this podcast, everyone's all about that growth life, you know? So... Yeah. So we're all hitting this fear and resistance. And I think it's so important to actually say that all of us experience fear 
as we're moving and I often talk about this the like when I started this podcast and mm-hmm. it was almost enough to stop me. I mean, the first, the, especially the first one, which no one will ever hear because it got deleted off my computer straight away um, for your safety. <laughs> but um, like I sat here and I was almost hyperventilating. I honestly was like, because it, and because it represented so much more than it, like, it, yeah, it, it was about what it represented. It was like, I was aware that it wasn't just a podcast. It was, me leveling up it was me being more seen more exposed more vulnerable i knew that i wasn't going to have the control of social media where you write a paragraph and you correct it 10 times it's my (laughs) my goofy harry potter jokes and my own story and my own insecurities and all that stuff and it was like i knew it and so i had a physical response like i wanted to vomit i'm not even joking nausea is my thing when i'm really out of my comfort zone i'm like oh my gosh um and I, I just feel like it's so important because it would be so easy like people say oh your podcast is so cool and it's like thank you but it it wasn't easy and I want everyone to understand that you yes. know it absolutely. just yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely you know um I had a similar experience um this year when I started putting my courses online yeah you know, um, because of COVID and so I was filming and so I was filming lots of lessons and then when I when the first people started watching them because I couldn't see what they were experiencing or what they were saying about me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was just like in the sweat, like, what if, <laughs> oh my God, what if it's a disaster? What, what will they think of me? You know, all this stuff going on. Um, and it's, it is just so, as you say, such a natural thing when we step out of our comfort zone or when we try something new, even though it can be exciting, we can also have this experience of fear that goes with it. And they are, and fear is such a great thing because it is an indicator to us that we are doing something outside of our comfort zone. Yeah, Mm. I know. And I try and tell myself that as well, when I'm actually hitting some serious resistance and like crap in my pants for a bit yeah. of, you know, like of better words. Um, and I'm like, oh, but this is good, Monica. Just welcome the fear. It means you're moving out of your comfort zone. I'm like, it doesn't really help in the, in the moment, right. you know, <laughs> but it's, but I also, yeah, I feel like understanding as well how humans work and like, for example, the need for belonging. And mm-hmm. so how us putting ourselves out there with opinions and views that may not suit everyone Mm. is opening ourselves up to the exact opposite of that it's opening ourselves up to being rejected criticized pushed away judged so again understanding that that it's not it's not like i feel like so many people think i'm scared because i'm not good enough or i'm scared because i'm weak or i'm not talented enough like no you're scared because you're human and your brain is doing a great job at trying to keep you alive (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, that's right what is fear it's our a physiological response to a perceived danger, yeah. right? Yeah, and that as you say, that perceived danger can can be um, around what people think of us, right? It's not real danger, but it doesn't matter in our brain. It, it still, if it's perceiving that as a potential threat to our safety, then we're going to have all of that physiological reaction that goes with that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm. So how do you work with people around fear and starting to navigate this and understand it? Yeah. So, you know, similarly to other things that we've spoken about, the, the key is really around awareness. 
you know, to notice what is going on for yourself to start with, right? Yeah. And, and as you say, to understand that we all experience fear, it's a natural reaction, and it actually has a good intention for us. So let's not um, pretend that it's not there, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because we can have all kinds of reactions, right? So then when we can bring awareness to those reactions, you know, like if we think about um, what goes with fear when we feel under threat is that fight flight reaction. Mm-hmm. And that can show up in all kinds of ways, right? Mm-hmm. So it might not be that we show up as fearful. We might show up as aggressive if we're in that in the fight reaction yeah. to it. Or we might show up... A cloud of like, dust. Just yeah. <laughs> Laters. <laughs> That's right. We might be avoiding the thing or pretending that it's not there or going away from it. or Yeah, so bringing some awareness to what are my reactions right now and what is actually underneath that? So what am I actually worried about or afraid of right now? Right? Yeah. So, so us, and, and coming with compassion for that. So similarly what we talked about when we were talking about anxiety, right? You want to come with that compassion with no judgment of what the fear is because it's a normal, natural thing. And the more that we can understand it, the more that we can actually work with it and shift it and change it. Um, yeah. So let's get let's have a have a nice compassionate dialogue with ourselves around what's actually going on and what are the key things that I'm fearing right now. Um, And then of course, there's a whole range of different things that you can do once you start to bring the awareness to what is actually going on for you. And one of those things, of course, is emotion regulation. How can you calm yourself down in that moment so that you can actually start thinking about, is this fear real? Or is it just some yeah per- perceived thing, right? That that I'm making up here because that's what we tend to do a lot of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and then one of the key ways that I like to work with fear after we've been able to regulate, and there's different ways that we can regulate, and we can talk about those again. I know we spoke about some of those last time. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I like to work with around fear is really connecting with like, what's, what's a value that's so important to me around this experience or this situation that if I really connected with that value now, it would be more important and significant for me than the actual fear that I'm experiencing now. Mm, Because our, our values are what gives us that, um, that motivation to move forward, to, to want to do something, even though we feel scared about it. Yeah. Mm. I love that. So I have, um, one of my mentors, actually two of them over the years have both, they, they're big into visualization, of course, as yeah. everyone should be. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I've just done recently, so bizarrely, even though I'm a photographer, I've actually, put these on audio not not visual so I basically recorded my life at a bunch of different milestones so what's happening before Christmas and then at a certain point the next year Mm. and it's because it's in my voice like when I listen to it it's me speaking like celebrating myself for everything that's happened in that time frame Mm. and I so resonate with that because that's it when you're sitting there like oh I'm so nervous about going live on Facebook yeah but then you connect back to your vision why yep. am I doing this? This is part of a bigger picture. Yep. Oh yeah, cool. And then, and then you know, like actually, the little rush you get as well. Like after you yep. do something that was scary and you smash it, 
and and you're like oh what else could I do it's cool it actually makes you feel so good <laughs> absolutely absolutely because there's a lot of energy behind fear yeah yes a huge amount of energy and then so then when we come through that uh that fear situation we've got all this energy that we can actually utilize and it it could go to anxiety right if we let it <laughs> or <laughs> or it can come into um excitement and and action yeah yeah which seems mm. like a better use of it, doesn't it, really? It, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. So do you think that men and women experience fear differently? I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think at a physiological level, we all have the same sort of tendencies, right? But um, emotionally, we can experience it different, differently. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think so. Um, I spoke last time about there was research around anxiety and I, and I suspect that that also links in with fear, right? That men um, will generally get more testosterone mm -hmm. and so they'll tend to be more aggressive. Whereas, whereas women yeah. won't, won't go to the aggressive so much. They go more to the, um, more to the anxiety, the worry. Yeah. The, yeah, I feel like this is such an important distinction as well, because I guess like if we break it down into super simple terms and talk about everything is either fear or love, mm. isn't it so interesting that you might have a guy who's angry at you, but actually he's scared, scared. Or, uh, you know, or hurting or worried, yeah. but it's manifesting as anger. Yeah. And I feel like that's so important. And honestly, I do this sometimes where I try and I actually break it down into simple terms. Like, yeah okay, why is he angry? Or like, you know, if it's fear or love, well, there's something wrong. So it kind of helps you as well to be more compassionate instead of normally, I guess if someone was yelling at you, you kind of want to yell back. Um, yeah. It's not really useful though, is it? <laughs> not really. <laughs> it can feel good, but yeah. no, not always useful. You're the expert, everyone heard you say it. <laughs> yell back, friends, yell back. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be relationships and trouble all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So mm. in your life, mm. let's say in the last year or two for you, mm. what mm. are some of the things that have scared you the most in your own life, whether it be personal or professional? So funny, one of the things that comes to mind that I had to do some personal work on was actually this um, going digital and lot, you know, going online and what you were talking about, right? When I had yeah. to do my first Facebook live yeah. last year. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so funny, right? Because I'm a, I'm a professional trainer. So I, you know, I get paid to speak to groups and things. And here I was going on to a Facebook live and I was petrified. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And, um, it was like those things voice in my head because I couldn't control the situation or get the feedback. I didn't know what people might be saying or thinking. I couldn't read that. Right. And so yeah. my fear, you know, would I be good enough? Or that, you know, that old fear coming up, would I be good enough here? Um, what if I screw it up and, and then I'm live and it's out there forever screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. It was crazy. So yeah, I had to do um, some belief change work on myself around that, that um, what if I actually really enjoyed doing Facebook lives and what if it was the same as um, when I'm speaking to people in a live situation, I could enjoy it as much as that. Yeah. Yeah. But that was crazy. You know, it was like, that makes no sense. It makes no sense. It's actually a safer environment because I'm, I am actually a little bit, I'm more in control of what I'm saying here. I can actually even have things written down in front of me that I can be looking at. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think the fear came from change as well? How big do you think that is? That how, how much do we respond to change? Yeah, well, we don't, for most people, not everybody, a small percentage of people just get off on change, right? <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> Good for them. And it also, it also depends on, you know, what the change is and whether we've initiated the change or whether the change has been put upon us. But in general terms, our brain doesn't like change. Mm. You know, it, it likes routine. It operates primarily on routine and on knowing things and so but even though um part of our brain that prefrontal cortex also likes novelty um as well so we're attracted to novelty but we like to know what's going to happen right um and so when we are stepping out of, of that comfort zone and we don't know what's going to happen we don't and we're doing something the first time right so we don't have the control over it Mm. freaks us out yeah Mm. Absolutely. And so the more that we can play with our comfort zone and actually actively put ourselves into discomfort, the more we kind of, um, you know, desensitize ourselves to, to knowing, oh, okay, when I go outside, my, we get a bit more certainty or, or comfort with going outside of our comfort zone because it becomes more routine. So the more that we can help ourselves do that, um, and not like, and you don't have to be big things, but it can just be like, you know, <laughs> Small things, like if you go drive, like we all do, we have routines, choosing some of your routines and mixing them up, mm. you know, like going home a different way from what you might normally go home. Um, I don't know, wearing um, one that I've had clients do, <laughs> wearing two different earrings. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're, a perfectionist, if you're a perfectionist, right? And it's like they don't match and it's like, okay. I'm going to go out and have two mismatching earrings on and see how uncomfortable that feels for the day. <laughs> if anybody even notices. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. <laughs> yeah. I remember a weekend that I did um, with one of my friends. Um, we'd brought him a gift for his birthday to go paragliding at Tomato Peak. And I, I do not really like heights much. <laughs> and... Um, Anyway, we, I went with him and um, on the spur of the moment, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this too. I need to overcome this fear of heights. So I was shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, you can. You go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I really had to keep connecting back with why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And, um and I did it and I loved it. It was really, really cool. And um, then we were there in Hawke's Bay and um, my friend, um, he had a fear of uh, swimming with sharks. So I've all been with sharks in the ocean. And so we were like, oh, let's go to the aquarium. And we can go and swim with sharks. So that was the next thing that we did um, that weekend. It was like we came off the paraglide and the next day we went and swam with sharks. Um, and... <laughs> 
whoa <laughs> into the deep end here we go that's right that's right um and so you know just like challenging ourselves like those are big things but you know say so you can do big things you can do small things the more that we can um actively and in with choice put ourselves in those sorts of situations we get more as i say more comfortable with going outside of our comfort zone at times yeah mm. yes i am um, i keep wanting to ask you about like the emotional side of of things so not necessarily swimming with sharks or jumping out of planes or you know dangling from your feet a bungee cord or something but um what i find so interesting is and i i mean we would both encounter this when we're working with people around things like self-worth beliefs all this kind of stuff mm. allowing yourself to go into a different space emotionally now for example i'll use myself here yeah. recently so i always thought of myself as someone who was very open and like vulnerable and da 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 and mm. i realized the other day that just because my vulnerable is way more it's like way bigger than everyone else's so most people wouldn't do facebook lives and wouldn't share their stuff on the internet and all that sort of stuff mm. but i realized that because i was doing that it's because i didn't actually feel that vulnerable like it was actually yeah. quite comfortable for me more to do that yeah yeah it's just that compared to other people it's quite extreme yeah and i realized this because i had a massive trigger in like a, a new relationship situation where mm. I realized that um, I had actually had walls up around myself. Like I, I did not like being vulnerable. I did not like it at all. And I always thought, oh yeah, here I am sharing my story. Like, yeah, I'll sing on stage. Yeah, I'll do this. But actually in that sort of a situation where someone yeah. has the power to really hurt me, I freaked out. I, and I mean, I like, this is, this is what this podcast is for. Right? I'm like, I legit cried yep. like every day for the first couple of weeks because every thought like, and I feel like it's in regards to fear, what's really interesting in terms of sort of understanding myself was almost mm. how I'd compartmentalized things. Mm. So like I have my fear for my business over here. Like, yep, that's cool. I can push myself there. But when it came to relationships and stuff like yep. that, yep. it was like, I recognized that this was something different mm. where I was really exposed and I, yep did not like it but like you say i would i refuse to back out i was like i'm just going to hold myself here until i can start breathing again basically yeah. and yeah. and actually allow everything to come up within me so uh the fear of potentially getting hurt the fear yeah. of maybe he'll leave the fear yeah. of it not working out the fear of getting hurt, you know all these things yeah. Yeah. um but it was like this is this is what i've asked for like in my head the relationship that i you know, desire looks like this, this, and this. I feel like this. And so it requires this level of vulnerability, actually. Mm. So actually, this is me getting what I've asked for in a really back-to-front way. It does not feel like a gift in the moment. Yeah. But actually, you know, I had to coach myself every day for like two weeks because it was, but it was so uncomfortable. And yeah. so I guess this is a very long way of asking a question, but it's mm. really about... um also, I'm really curious about um, the emotional stuff in regards to when you've been hurt in the past. Yeah. When you have had, let's go, let's say trauma, um, or people have been really, really hurt and they're really scared to be vulnerable to open up. How mm. do we navigate that now when that's starting to manifest in our present situations? We might be projecting it onto other people. We might be in that flight mode 
out the door um, because it's easier, you know? (laughs) Yeah, 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 absolutely. When when the past comes into the present, right? Yes. Yeah, when the the past comes into the present, that's an indicator that there, you know, there's that that past experience has been traumatically coded. Oh, yeah. So, um, because it's like we're it's like we're back in that old experience again. Now we're perceiving it all to be exactly the same as that. Yeah. Yeah. So we've had um, um, effectively the brains like um, that was such a traumatic experience. That was so scary. That was such a threatening situation to me, whether it was or not. Right. In, in reality, but mm-hmm. it felt it at that time that I have to do everything I can now to protect myself. Right. Yeah. So. So, I mean, that's a, that's a good thing to bring, as I say, awareness. Okay, I'm noticing that I've got all this old stuff, all these old feelings. I felt these feelings before. Like if it feels familiar, I felt this before, right? This is reminding me of a past situation. Um, we want to bring that awareness to that and help ourselves to calm down so that we can kind of logically think about it, right? And as you said, it's in a weird way that they, it is a gift, right? Because when that stuff comes up, it's wanting to be taken care of, yeah. you know? Uh, we're not always ready to take care of it though. So that is so awesome, you know, when you talk about your, that, that with that relationship experience that you're like, okay, okay, I want to actually deal with it. This is what I want, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to hold myself in here. And that's hard. That's really, that takes a lot of courage to do that. So I really want to, you know, commend <laughs> you for that because it really is really hard because a lot of people at that point back out, right? We go into the fight flight, right? And yeah. we project it onto that other person, right? And we self-sabotage and we um, create situations so that they, you know, that they do want to leave. And, we'll, and then we'll validate that, that fear. Like, yep, see, I knew it. I knew that was going to happen. I knew they'd treat me like that or, you yeah. know any of those things so being able to bring that level of awareness to it to notice your reactions and I know you do lots of journaling which is awesome right because that can actually help you just to um to separate from that to notice it to notice the the pattern that are going on there um and then it might be that you might need to have some trauma work done depending on (laughs) depending on what what was actually you know how significant that actually is um and to start to, to actually notice what I'm actually thinking here doesn't make any sense. And this is the person that I'm with here, not that other person that back here. Yeah. That was, you know, an, an old relationship or that was my, one of my parents or that was how they treated me. That's not actually what's happening here in this moment. What is it that I am trying to, what am I really scared of here and what do I need what, do I, what am I needing in myself that I can bring my own self-care to in this situation? Yeah. Not, not that other person that I'm, that I'm feeling like they need to, you know, I don't know, prove that they really love me or prove that they accept me for who I am. No, no, it's, it's, that's not their job, right? That, that's our own job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do that for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it's hard. It's hard work. That is really hard work. Yeah. Honestly, it was it's crazy because it was like a full-time job. Yep. I love that you talk about journaling because I'm like, I, I kept warehouse stationery in business the first like month or so. Mm. I was just like journaling up a storm. But mm. for that exact reason, I was like, I, I want to deal with this now and not yep. have this be an issue for the rest of my life, actually. Mm. But also kind of seeing it for what it was, which was stepping stones to my next level. Yeah. You know? 
basically. Yeah. So that's what it was. Um, on the yeah. other side of this is the relationship that I desire, whether it's with this person or not. These yeah. are the things that are there. Um, but again, this is stuff that we don't often talk about. Yeah. Um, but it was really interesting like to come back to that point around vulnerability because mm-hmm. at this point I also learned so much about myself and my coach was freaking amazing yeah. and she said to me like because I had yeah I had this thing about um well, all the stuff came up for me you know and, and she said that I need to make myself vulnerable with him yeah because what I had a tendency to do was to show up like this mm-hmm. only like positive high vibe you know when things are going well but actually to retreat mm-hmm. when things were Yep. not going so well yeah no you need to share this stuff with him yes and like share the and, and I was like oh it's gonna leave like and then it was like another journal with his stuff I can't show him how I like this dark side he'll run away like and all this old stuff and yeah but then like you say the awareness of like okay that this is coming from this other situation where this mm. person did behave like that but that mm. that person also I didn't actually like them that's <laughs> like, yep. why I'm not with them anymore yep. so yeah but the awareness but then I also feel like the awareness when you're on the flip side of this when you're on the receiving end of someone else's projection mm. isn't doing the work themselves and I feel like yeah. this can be so hard as well yeah. and especially in an intimate situation, no matter who it is, friend, dating, family, mm. whatever, when mm. someone's really hurting and they they project it onto you and they don't own it, they yeah. have no awareness around it, it yep. sucks. It can it be really so sucks. hard. Yeah. 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 It, it, it really does. It's very hard. And, um, you know, it keep coming back to I'm making a choice around being in this situation. Um, and, is it is am i getting more out of it than not is it is it um feeding me in other areas um and you know resisting having trying to rescue or um yes yeah (laughs) yes do you find this too like when you are someone who legit focuses on like personal development 24 7 and it's so easy to see these things in other people it's so easy to see where they're sabotaging where they're projecting where they're carrying old stuff and wanting to save everyone actually um and i learned this lesson as well that to actually listen to my own body not my mind my body your body my instinct like my like i said to you for me it's nausea i get i get this gross feeling in my stomach which you know, yeah. stomach's the second brain, so that makes sense. That's but um, I actually start getting like, Ooh, when I start having that feeling, like something's not right here. Yeah. Um, and I love what you said before as well, and I really think we need to highlight that again, around being a complete person on your own. Don't mm. expect someone else to make you happy. That mm. is your job. It's yeah. not just, be, like, if you have an insecurity, absolutely share it, but share it while you work through it yourself. Not, yeah. you have to be like this so that I don't feel insecure. That yeah. is a disastrous way to be. And it it's conditional yeah. and it's never going to work. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that doesn't, and you know, and that also doesn't mean that um, we can't be considerate of other people and, um, you know, um, adapt some things because, oh, that's going to work better, you know, in terms of uh, how I communicate more effectively with this person, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, we're not saying that. But um, it's about how I don't need this person to complete me. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. yeah, 
which, which we will often or heal me you know i don't need this person to heal me which we um which we are kind of to do um there's there's a great um oh god what's he who's he called harville hendrix he um he does couples therapy and he created a margo therapy <laughs> and um thinking about um that actually we are attracted to people because they're like an image of what we wanted to hear, what we need, feel like we need to heal inside ourselves. And so they're actually, so initially we, we think we're so attracted to them and it's like, Oh, they're going to, they're going to be the ones subconsciously, they're going to be the ones that are going to fill this void in me. Yeah. <laughs> actually they trigger the void. Yeah. <laughs> jokes on us. Yeah, jokes on us all right. <laughs> And so then how can we, how can we use that as a, um, as a tool, as a mirror to shine the light on that, right? Oh, okay. So this person's not giving me this. Actually, that's because I don't feel like I've had that in the past or there's something that, that needs to be healed inside of me. And I'm looking for, to that person to do that for me. Um, but actually I just need to stop looking at them and start looking at myself. What, what can I be doing to fulfill that inside myself? Yeah. Mm. I feel like it's such an uncommon way of thinking about ourselves though as well. Like oh, yeah. aren't we trained that go and find your knight in shining armor to complete you and get married right. and, and <laughs> then buy a house and have some kids and oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <That's right. laughs> we're totally conditioned to you that. need someone because That's you're right. not you're not a whole person. Yeah. I have Demi Lovato's song playing in my head now, you're nobody till somebody wants you. That's <laughs> But that's the message, right? That's the message, well, that's right? It. That's right. And then also, you know, as you said earlier, right, we have that strong core need of connection, right? Hmm. And so if, when we feel like we've got that solid connection with someone, we feel safer. So we've got that going on as well. And plus all these societal messages around, you know, um, relationships and, uh, as you say, and all those sorts of things and how things should be like that beautiful ideal yeah. um, relationship where there's one person is going to give me everything I need from a person. I mean, seriously, <laughs> what a, what a lot of pressure to put on somebody. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know. And it's also yeah. like, it's not very sexy to talk about healing your own shit actually. Yeah. And we don't really talk about it very often. <laughs> yeah. It's easier to buy something. It's easier to mask it with something else. That's Go right. and get drunk on the weekend and then you don't have to sit with yourself for too long. <laughs> exactly. Oh, we might have marijuana soon. Go and do. Oh, there you go. <laughs> More <laughs> advice from the expert here. <laughs> <laughs> well, our coping mechanisms. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pu- we can publish a list of um, masks that people can use at the end that's, of this podcast. Right. Exactly. The exactly. best one is Netflix, though. The best mask is Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, and shopping as well. You know, whenever you've got anything that you're doing in excess like that, it's masking stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've gone off on all kinds of tangents around. But it's all fear related. It's, I think yeah. I love it. Although, yeah. as you say, it would be cool to come back to um, some more ways to actually regulate fear. I do mm-hmm. recommend that people go back and listen to our first podcast as yeah. well. But yeah, definitely, yeah. If you wanna, yeah, yeah. If you want to highlight some of that stuff, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, so one of the, so if we think about fear is a physiological reaction, right? Based on how we're perceiving our experience, right? So we can, um, approach it, uh, 
from a fit again when we regulate from a physiological uh, perspective and also from a cognitive perspective a thinking perspective right um when we're really caught in fight flight it's actually very hard to talk ourselves out of it though yeah yep yep As, as we spoke about last time, the reason for that is because our logical thinking part of our brains have gone offline, right? It's not actually operating. Yeah. So it's, it's <laughs> far easier to use the body, to use the body to calm ourselves down initially. Um, and so there's some different techniques for that. Uh, one of the ones that I spoke about last time was um, very powerful breathing techniques. So mm. doing our, um, our longer breaths out and our shorter breaths in from the diaphragm. Yeah. And the reason for that is because when we are in fight flight, our autonomic nervous system is in sympathetic dominance. And, and as long as we stay in that sympathetic dominance, it will hold us in that state. Yeah. So we want to go to the other side of the autonomic nervous system, which is parasympathetic. And one of the fastest ways we can do that is through our breathing and changing our breathing. Yeah? Yeah. So when we're in sympathetic dominance, where we've got fight flight going on, we're breathing from our chest, we're breathing really shallow. Yeah. Um, and we're holding ourselves, that in, in of itself is holding us in the sympathetic breathing technique and the dominance. So if we can bring our breathing down to our diaphragm, which relaxes um, the heart, brings it back down. Um, and we do a longer breath out and a short breath in. So let's say three, count of three in and a count of six out. Breathing from the diaphragm. Do like about five of those you'll be putting your autonomic nervous system into parasympathetic, which will have it have you feel calmer and more at ease. One of the fastest ways to do it. Um, And another way is one um, from a technique that I'm trained in called havening and havening techniques come from trauma recovery initially, Mm -hmm. and also very, very good for anxiety and overwhelming emotions when you're really heightened in emotions and one of the, the, the physiological technique that Havening uses is to help you go into what's into a delta wave state. Do you know delta, so delta wave is when we're in our deepest level of sleep. Mm-hmm. And what happens when our brain is in delta wave is we're releasing some really good neurochemistry like um, serotonin, right? That, that's our mood stabilizer. And GABA, which is a calming neurochemistry that, you know, is really soothing and calms things down. And also when we're in delta wave, our electrical pulses in the brain are at their slowest. So delta wave states are a really good place to be. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we can activate delta wave while we're awake. We don't have to be asleep. We can do it while we're awake and we can do it through some different touches, right? So we can do it. And this is hard on audio, <laughs> But we can be descriptive. Yeah, I'm being very descriptive. <laughs> we can do it by um, rubbing the palms of our hands together, but not in the way that we do when we feel anxious, right? So when we feel anxious, we kind of really quickly, we can really be really quickly rubbing our hands together, right? Yeah. Like we're, we're trying to start a fire. Um, <laughs> we're not trying to start a fire. <laughs> yeah. There's already a fire if you're anxious. Right. So we're doing that in a nice kind of, um, a slower movement, not really slow, but we're just a nice soothing sort of touch, rubbing the palms together, right? Yep. And, it, and in a way that feels nice. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's one of the touches to generate delta waves in the body, on the brain. Wow. Um, 
I can give you a little picture of this if it, you can put it in your podcast notes or something. Oh, yeah, that would probably be good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then the second one is we go from the, you do like you hug yourself across your body and you place your hands on the opposite shoulders and you go down in a downward stroke down to your elbows. And you just do this downward stroke. You don't go up and down. You just go on this downward stroke from your shoulders down to your elbows. And I, this is my favorite one because I'm hugging myself at the same time. I really like it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So it's very soothing. So that will put you, um, the brain, into the delta wave state. And the third way is that you do the face. So you you put your hands on, on, on your forehead. You go above your eyebrows. And you kind of come down into a heart shape down onto your cheeks. And you stroke. Mm -hmm down like that and um, lots of parents do this with their children to put them to sleep without really realizing right so you can actually put someone into a very relaxed state in yourself wow yeah so those touches are very good for calming you down and at the same time as you're doing them you can even be saying like little mantras to yourself like um, calm at ease relaxed mm. Or you could be saying something like, I'm safe. It's yeah. safe. You could even be doing like what we spoke about last time with what ifing. What if the situation was actually easy for me to handle? What if I've got all the resources I need? What if this is actually safe for me? What if I can deal with this? Yep. Yeah. And you're doing that at the same time as you're doing those um, touches. Yep. Yeah. So those are some fast ways to shift your physiological reaction yeah. in those moments. Also, if you've got like lots of anger, shaking can do um, a really good thing, you know, and that's what animals do after they've been stressed. Mm. You know, you'll, you'll see an animal just like shake it, shake it out. And um, <laughs> Got that song now, shake it off in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, Peter Levine, who's, um, very prominent in trauma recovery work. He's got a whole uh, modality around shaking therapy, right? And actually shaking out uh, the cortisol in your body. So shifting, shifting that, which is really, really powerful. Yeah. Crying is also yep. another way to release cortisol from the body, which is why after we've had a shock, we can, you know, spontaneously cry. Yeah. Now, of course, as New Zealanders, we try to suppress our feelings all the time, yeah, which isn't very helpful. <laughs> so actually, you know, if you, if you are having some overwhelming emo emotions, it can be very useful to have a little cry and let it or out. Or a right? big one. They or feel big awesome. One. Yeah, sob man. it out, man. So <laughs> sobbing is just amazing. How good do you feel afterwards? I know. The release, eh? Is, oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I encourage that. So, and then... The, uh, there's other things that we can do as well, but I'm interested, what are, what are some ways that you know of, Monica, around emotion regulation, around these things when you might be getting scared? or So sort of funnily enough, well, crying is the big one, is the yeah. big one. And it's what I, because I work really hard with my clients to create a safe space where they trust me, they're mm -hmm. able to do that. And because these things come right to the surface and it just comes yep. out straight away which I love and journaling is a huge one for me so uh, when you're talking about it's safe that's something that I'll do with like if we look at my last little experience of hitting yeah. some you know resistance and fear journaling I would write and I love that 
for everyone who doesn't know, you know, about how it moves you from the emotional to the logical part of your brain. I love that. So when I'm feeling fear, it would help me to firstly remind myself that I actually was safe. Um, Mm. But then also remind myself of who I am. So it'd be so easy to slip into this really insecure place. But then when you actually have that clarity of like, oh, actually, this is what I offer. This is what I Mm. am. Um, For me, another one is, and this is interesting, um, talking about the nervous system. I sing. Yeah. But I sing ballads. I will sing. Yeah. So it makes me to breathe. It gets me to breathe. You can't sing Christina Aguilera without taking a breath or see it. (laughs) But so I will legit, I will, and also change of scene. So I will quite often, if I was like, ooh, or um, the first thing I would probably do would be have a hot shower. I really like water. Yeah. Um, A bath, a hot shower, music. I'd get in the car and go somewhere and I would sing in the car. That's often what I would do. And the other thing for me, which is my go-to is meditation, of course. Um, Yeah, which puts you in parasympathetic. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and I I just love that thing about safety because I feel like sometimes you just, you do really feel unsafe. But Mm. when you do certain meditations where you really activate, there's one in particular that I do when I feel really like stressed out in my body. Um, And it's one where it really brings you into the present because you actually engage all five of your senses. Senses. Nice. Which I think is so great because it's actually, it brings you back into the moment. Whereas obviously if you're anxious, you're not in the moment. So it actually brings you back to, oh, I'm actually sitting on my bedroom floor and actually I am safe and everything's fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you can't avoid it. Like, because you're, I mean, that takes quite a lot of focus to think about all five of your senses at once. So, those are the things that I use and those are the things that my clients do as well yeah which um yeah (laughs) and and, you know I think the important thing here as well is that we want to be practicing these techniques when we feel okay yes because because the more that we can uh you know build them up as a habit and create anchors around them when we're actually in a heightened state the faster we can access them right so that's the important thing is because often people just deploy you know roll out these techniques when they feel the the fear or that or the anxiety <laughs> or whatever and they expect them to work immediately right yeah. and, and they can work quite fast but the more that you actually build that up as a routine and a habit for yourself the more effective they're going to be and i just wanted to say, say about your singing so there's a is a really important thing about um music actually with um with fear so the vagus nerve which is um, a really important uh, nerve in our body. It's not just like one nerve. It's this massive nerves that goes through like, I don't know, the whole body really and goes into the skin and everything. So the vagus nerve is um, part of the autonomic nervous system. And there's this thing called vagal tone. And this is referred to a lot in um, trauma therapy. So when we can actually do things to calm down the vagus nerve, we will actually feel a lot calmer, right? And so singing and particular types of music are one of the things that creates vagal tone and the, and the vagus nerve kind of connects with it. And so it calms down through that vagal tone. So in meditation, OM is actually one of the sounds that calms the vagus nerve, right? And creates vagal tone. So OM. And so different different tones of singing and also um, instruments will also resonate with that as well. So, yeah. so music and singing is really powerful for changing state. 
Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. And also, because I feel like even when I don't sing, music has the ability to just flip my mood straight yep. away. Absolutely. Um, it's like a hug. <laughs> Almost. Yep. It's like I can't really articulate <laughs> it, but it, it just does. And I know so many people, you listen to music and it's your... It just helps you to express things that you weren't able to say almost, or it helps you to make sense of things sometimes. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, lo and I love what you were saying as well about practicing things when things are good, not just waiting for shit to hit the fan. Because exactly. I feel like too, you know, for example, um, like journaling for me, like I actually noticed this the other day, mm. I was getting all stressed out about something and I was like, oh, but it's okay because I get to journal soon. And I felt, yeah. I felt the re like the relaxation come over me because I know that when yeah. I finish journaling, often I, this is, I'm just like warts and all in this podcast. But um, <laughs> if I'm it. really upset about something or if I'm really processing something, I quite often will cry as I journal, right? Yeah. And so you come out of it and you've made sense of things. You've released a bunch of stuff. Mm. And then you've come back to the truth and the logical part of it. So yep. I feel such relief when I close my journal. I'm like, oh, because I don't stop until I hit that point. Yeah. You don't stop halfway through and go to bed. Like, come on, yep. you know? Exactly. <laughs> oh, so my like, time's up. No. Yeah. So just the thought, no matter what's going on, knowing that at any point I could pick up my journal and mm. make myself feel better, yep. it relaxes me, just the knowing. The of knowing that. of it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we've gone four minutes over, but that was pretty good for us. I, I know. Reckon. I saw that. Pretty good. Um, this was such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. I loved it. You're welcome. Yeah. Loved it. Great to catch up. There's always more we can say. I know. And obviously, <laughs> there will be a third podcast. This will just be a recurring thing. There's just, it's such great stuff. Yeah. And because it's so yeah. real and it's like, it's stuff that everyone deals with, but no one really talks about. Yeah. Especially Kiwis, I think. And the, yeah, the tall poppy and the keep your cards close to your chest and yeah, act absolutely. tough and she'll be right. It's like, she won't be right. Like, she <laughs> uh, it just gets worse and worse. Get it and, out. And, you know, like you too, I, this is something that I've really had to learn too, I, to be vulnerable and to talk about these things and, and to even feel okay to cry. Cause I, I never used to, no one would see me cry. It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so the more that we can help ourselves connect with the emo emotions aren't bad right they're just they're they're signals they're letting us know that there's something for us to take care of mm. and so 100%. the more comfortable we can get with them and work with them the more power we have yeah mm. i love it especially fear as well yeah like when you're like when you recognize fear for what it is which is moving to your next level yeah so like come at me fear <laughs> I say as my like knees are shaking, you know, you're like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> then you get through and then you're a better version of yourself and you're stronger and you're more courageous and all these things. So it, exactly. all, it all works out for the best, but yeah, exactly. we'll definitely, we'll definitely have you back soon. Um, oh, I, look forward to I it. love these conversations so much. Oh, so good for my soul. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rochelle. We'll see you you're soon. You're welcome. Okay. okay. See ya. Bye. Bye.